This episode is brought to you by Feel Free from BotanicTonics.com. Feel Free is a small two-ounce shot made from kava and other ancient plants, and the feeling that it provides is incredible. It is euphoric. It gives you this sense of focus. It reduces anxiety, and it just puts you in a relaxed state in your body. Think of it as a plant-based magical elixir that can uplift your mood, increase your productivity, and give you the energy to do the things you want to do today. There are so many applications for when you can use Feel Free. A few examples are using Feel Free to get into a flow state before yoga, meditation, or exercise. People are using this as a kind of energy drink to go running for miles at a time. And it's also great for socializing. It just makes it easier to connect to people around you. There isn't this kind of background hum of anxiety anymore. It just really melts away. And that also makes it a great replacement for alcohol. So if you're ready to feel free, go to botanictonics.com and use promo code ZIAN40 for 40% off. Again, that's botanictonics.com, promo code ZIAN40, X-I-A-N 40, at botanictonics.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. What makes Sheath different is the pouch on the inside. Now this is a game-changing invention that completely revolutionizes the male undergarment. These are the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn by far. They've got amazing designs and styles, super comfortable fabrics. My favorite is the bamboo and also the V, which is a long leg athletic underwear that doesn't ride up and it supports you where it matters most. So go check out Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. Once again, that's sheathunderwear.com, promo code TIMEWHEEL.
love it, love it. So yes, we're here with Zachary, also known as Akriza, who creates incredible electronic music. Uh, some of my favorite tunes. It's been an honor to actually work with you on a release in the past, and you've done a mix with us um, as far as the Time Wheel uh, mix goes. Incredible mix. I've pretty much got it memorized. I've probably heard it a hundred times. So thank you so much for being yeah, here today, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to dive in a little bit and get some history as to when did you start creating music, you know? Um, and what was it that kind of drove you to, to believe that was going to be your path and, and want to pour yourself into it? Because you've done an amazing job um, since you've begun <laughs> as a Krizza. So yeah, tell us Thank the story. You. How did this all begin? Yeah. So I take it back to, um, growing up, uh, fortunate to have a mother and father who, um, really supported me in all of my, um, uh, my development and supported me through all of my phases. And, um, they, uh, you know, obviously the like education system is pretty messed up. And, um, when I was a child, when I was in like first grade, um, my teachers wanted to put me on, on Ritalin because I think it's, there's a lot of people who share the same story of super brilliant, really smart, would get work done or would, 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 um, excel in class, but then wouldn't have anything to do. So would kind of act out or, you know, mm -hmm. not really follow in line. So they wanted to put me on Ritalin and, Fortunately, my parents had the um, the knowledge to say no to that. They were yeah. like, well, not my child. He's too smart, and you just he's too smart for your school kind of thing. <laughs> so they mm -hmm. ended up switching me out of out of out of that school and put me in a private school. Um, and you know, it kind of sucked because this private school, starting at, at third grade, all these kids have been together since like you know pre elementary, and um, so I didn't really fit in very well. I was kind of one of the like nerdy outcast kids that got made fun of a lot. Um, and, you know, I didn't really play sports. Uh, so I didn't really fit in the guys and, you know, middle school girls are weird. <laughs> Want to hang out <laughs> with guys. So I never really had anyone to hang out with, um, mm. you know, in my earlier elementary years. Um, and I, just nothing really clicked for me except for one year. Um, and I don't know why my parents decided to do this, but one year from a birthday, one of the presents that I got was a little, it was like a Yamaha keyboard, like one of those mm. like 44 key, um, like, like toy Yamaha and a hundred sounds on it. And all the sounds have oh, their man. own button. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it also was like a player piano. So I could, I found out that I could make it play songs and then it would kind of show me how to play those songs. And so I started oh, teaching right. myself music from a young age. Totally. Um, and then when I got the feel for that, I started to learn cause I played a lot of like Legend of Zelda and, um, was into a lot of video games. I started to teach myself video game music cause I, <laughs> you know, I wanted to play all the, like the secret cheat codes and Ocarina of Time and, you know, <laughs> just like know those cause they're, they're just, they're super fun songs. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think my parents, they started to catch on. They're like, Oh wow. Um, our kids talented for music. So they yeah. put me into, um, to piano lessons from a pretty young age and it was literally the first thing i ever other than like legos <laughs> i think legos were the other it was legos and then and then piano or my it was the only thing that i really fell in love with and mm -hmm. um 
so I was learning piano and um, I ended up having a super tragic accident. I, my parents sent me to this um, church camp mm. and it was a sports church camp. So it wasn't, it was basketball church camp, mm-hmm. <laughs> which just, I was in a basketball. So it was, I don't know why they sent me. I just didn't have enough friends, I think. And they wanted to, wanted me to get more friends. Um, but the first night there, I, they put me in a top bunk and never slept in a bunk bed. Turns out I move in a lot in my sleep. And so mm-hmm. I rolled off the top bunk, shattered my elbow, Damn. ended up going to the hospital. I was in the hospital for about a week, went through surgery because um, I couldn't keep down food. So I was in the hospital for a week um, or longer. I, I remember it was just it was mm-hmm. pretty traumatic. And I came out of the hospital. I wasn't able to move my hand at all. I was literally just Damn. Like, stuck because the the – my elbow had pinched nerve so bad that it, it just, my, my hand wouldn't work anymore. And so I was, the the doctor said it was one of the worst fractures he'd ever seen. Um, you know, but fortunately I had a really good surgeon. Um, my parents put me through physical therapy and, um, during that time I still played piano. So piano was kind of this, like, it was this light at the end of the tunnel of, you know, if I Mm -hmm. do my physical therapy and do my exercises and, um, you know, even though it sucked, I would hopefully be able to move my hand again. And so a year later, um, I remember I was watching, I think like dragon tales or something in the middle of summer. That was the worst summer of my life, by the way. I had, I had, my arm was in a cast. Swimming was the only thing I loved to do. I had to stay inside. Couldn't go out with friends just mm-hmm. to dare on the couch all summer, the worst summer ever. Um, but that next summer I had, um, was doing my, you know, exercises with like bending my hand and it was this just this like sensation, this pop mm. or something. And then I was able to move my hand again, like just wow. like normal, like completely Whoa. as if I it had never had happened. And I remember mm. I was so excited to be able to move my hand again. Wow. Um and during that time my grandmother was kind of she was my second mom and so she she uh she I was actually a competitive figure skater roller skater for a long time and she was the one who would mm-hmm. she got me into that and so I would wear like velvet one pieces and do <laughs> routines to Star Wars nice <laughs> like and compete um and you know at some point I was like grandma this is lame I can't do this anymore <laughs> like all my <laughs> friends make fun of me so she would come and listen to me play piano that's what she you know rather than watching me skate she'd hear me play piano and so mm-hmm. um, when she passed away not too long after I wrote my first song on the piano for her funeral um and played it at her funeral and that was this mm-hmm. breakthrough moment you know I watching um as the crowd gave me a standing ovation after this performance, mm-hmm. you know, just, wow. Like if I can move people like that, this is what I want to do yeah. for the rest of my life. So I, um, I, I, I kept writing and that was what I was learning for. I was learning piano to learn how to write at that point. Right. Um, and one Christmas, my parents got me my first, um, you know, I was still in like middle school, like maybe sixth grade or something when they got me my first, maybe fifth grade even it was, I was pretty young when they got me pro tools. So they got oh, me the right. first like avid digi design, um, before they were, or avid before they were even digi design or pro tools. Mm. Um, they got me the first, my first pro tools rig. And, um, yep. and I, at first I was like, what the heck would you get me? You guys, this is the lamest mm-hmm. present ever. Like, 
<laughs> this isn't an instrument. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you know, but little did I know that would really propel me into where I am today because I, I figured it out. I, I, my piano teacher at the time also had Pro Tools. So my piano teacher taught me, I got, you know, how a book on Pro Tools and just learned it. Yeah. And um, I ended up um, teaching myself Pro Tools, getting my hands on any instrument I could possibly get my hands on. Mm-hmm. And I would just write and record. Somewhere in the recesses of the web is a whole site of all of my old music singer songwriter like i would write like like um like connor oberst like bright eyes and like radiohead like the kind of emo and kind of weird but really lyrical because i had i didn't have a good voice you know i was not a good singer at all um and one of connor oberst's lines in one of his songs that could have been a famous singer if i had someone else's voice but failures always sounded better let's <laughs> f it up boys make some noise so i was like oh that's right. yeah like that's me like i can't really sing but we're gonna make some noise so i wrote right. I, I i then you know all of my friends were then musicians and i'd have them come over and stay the night and we'd yeah. write and record i'd get us i'd go go up to safeway walk up to safeway and get us a a pack of mountain dews and we could just <laughs> down mountain dews and just record all night so I did this Love for, it. you know, for the majority of my, my younger years growing up until about like 2010 mm-hmm. when I first heard dubstep for the first time, I heard midnight request line by scream okay. and I was shook. Totally. I just, from hearing this, I was like, this is, this is it. Like, dude, this is the future of music. This is it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like it, it was that be. shocking that it was kind of, it yeah. felt like the future. It's like, yes. wow, this is really a transition, you know? Yes, shook. Um, and I was like, that's what I'm making. I'm <laughs> literally from this day forward figuring out how I'm going to make this like old school, like 140, you know? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do that. So I got into Reason and Fruity Loops and started to figure out LFOs and what made that noise yeah. and started to do YouTube tutorials. And I wrote my first... <clears throat> wubby song and i yeah. was i was so excited and so i, I remember I, skrillex also with his stories he would give in like online publications or yeah. on mtv or wherever he would make it sound so approachable yeah he would be like i wrote that whole shit with a busted speaker on the tour bus <laughs> and then you actually like start to get some hope like oh it's yeah. possible you know yeah. <laughs> straight up i remember hearing skrillex for the first time too i was i started going to school for music technology um, and that was the first time I actually heard Skrillex. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. what? Like, I'm going to quit. I can't. There's no way. Like, Great production. Yeah. Over. <laughs> yeah. He had a really nice sound. Um, you, you heard dubstep and you decided you wanted to make that. What happened after yeah. that? Yeah. So, so dubstep. Um, yeah. So that, so that was just like a huge turning point for me. Um, Fruity Loops and then Reason. And then one of my friends, mm-hmm. they kept saying, bro, you got to get into Ableton. You got to get into Ableton. You got to get into Ableton. I was like, oh, I don't know. I like Fruity Loops and Reason. And I got my Pro Tools thing. It's working pretty good for me. Right. You know, well, I don't want to learn another DAW. But right. anyways, I got into Ableton and I was stoked when I first got into Ableton. Actually, it was mm-hmm. just it was just everything I wanted in a, right. in a DAW. And um and I, I was actually, I was friends with a, um, with a homie, um, who we would get together and we made pretty heavy dubstep. Mm-hmm. We had a, a project called Dementor where the E's were threes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I remember Trevor was was friends with actually Kyle Supertask. And Kyle mm-hmm. came over once while we were producing and he showed me side chaining and like all yeah. these things. I was like, oh my gosh, like this guy really knows what he's doing. And so right. Um, but yeah, so I <laughs> I got a got an early, early on lesson from from Kyle. So um, many have, you know, many of the artists yeah. that we've worked with have shared the same story. Yeah. They're like, I was making stuff and then I met Kyle and he was my roommate or <laughs> my girlfriend knew his friend or blah, blah, blah. Like he's, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Super so that's, is great. Be, yeah, it'd be cool to see him um, just like make some awesome music and just really, um, yeah, really, really awesome, inspiring. Um, Absolutely. Guy. But um but yeah, so then then I got into Ableton and um, I was graduating high school and my parents were basically like, you're either going to go to school or you're going to pay rent or you're going to move out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I don't really want to move out and I don't really want to pay rent, so I'm going to school. So I went to school for, for music technology at Clackamas Community College and they have a, they just built a new music, music, uh, room and um like a recording studio and a music department and so i was um one of the first years at clackamas and i did the music certification and then i actually took a really long break um because i realized that i wasn't going to get anywhere as an 18 year old living at my parents house Mm -hmm. you know i wasn't even 21 so i couldn't go to any of the shows in portland Mm -hmm. i was 30 minutes from town so i you know what am i going to do as an 18 year old 30 minutes from town can't even get into any any of the shows in portland so i can't Mm -hmm. even get in with promoters or anything and the recording studio studios that i was interning at which i interned at a couple of them they're like yeah we'll never pay you basically like good luck (laughs) you know and i was like damn like this is i i don't know that i'm gonna work at mcdonald's and (laughs) like Mm -hmm. work at a recording studio for the rest of my life you know and live at my parents house right so i went to school for science and so um environmental science management got a degree in science but i still like through that process i was still you know making music but not as Mm -hmm. heavily as i had been before um before college, but I took, it was basically like a couple year hiatus. Um, and then I actually got into some work. I've been doing a lot of, um, like environmental science work um, since graduating. So I, that's been one of my, like, you know, main, basically nature and music are my two biggest loves in life, like hiking Mm -hmm. and, and backpacking and going Yeah. I've seen a handful of pictures, uh, from your Instagram there where you're like, Way up on a mountain, <laughs> cool stuff. That's yeah, awesome. I did. I did clouds rest recently. I backpacked through Yosemite and did clouds rest, and um, that's actually a really psychedelic story because I at the top of clouds rest, there was this guy that I met, um, uh, Adam, and <laughs> give him a little shout out. He's um, <laughs> he we I'd met him the day before on the trail and there was this fire that just had blown up and I basically I I was so concerned about this fire that I um kind of did some hiking and I found that I had one bar of service on a sandbar so I oh, wow. made a phone call to my partner and asked her um if uh the fire if they she could call and or get me the the number for the for the uh, dispatch for Yosemite so I called dispatch and they're like oh yeah no we have it under control and then I ran into this guy and he was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen anyone in eight hours. And I seen this fire and I was just here a month ago when all the fires blew up and it made my, I had to cancel my trip. And I was like, no, you're, we're all good. Like, carry on brother. 
And I had this moment of like, man, it seems like a really cool guy. Like I'd love to hang out with him some more. Mm-hmm. And at the top of Cloud's Rest, um, I, I'm walking up there and there's Adam. I was like, oh, what's up, dude? Wow. How's it going? And, and so we're like talking. I'm with my my buddy Jordan Geometry and um, and we're kind of talking to Adam, ask what he does. He's he's in music. He's in a lot of music production. And, and you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a producer too. And, you know, not not expecting him to know who I was or anything at all. And I, right. I was like, yeah, I kind of make, you know, it's like tribal, um, kind of like, Closey, maybe you know who Closey is, like mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. And he's like, he just looks at me, he goes, Akriza. <laughs> and Adam's like, he's, he's, you know, I wouldn't think he would, his, like, would be in my demographic necessarily, like the kind of guy he is. Mm-hmm. But I was, he was like, I was actually just listening to your music yesterday on the trail when we met. Amazing. <laughs> like, I downloaded my album. So it's basically just me, Adam, Jordan, and this other chick up on top of Cloud's Rest watching the sunset. And we're just like, wow. like howling and just like, that's amazing. Like, such a psychedelic synchronicity, to, right? Like, a synchronicity. Yeah, to run into him and just like, I was blown away. Jordan and I looked at each other when he said that. I was like, wait, did you download? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, Those moments when they happen, oh, I think that's oh a really gosh. like a, a good good nod from the universe that yeah you're you're in the right direction you know like it's a it kiss just on feels the like magic you know <laughs> so Seriously. we talked a little before we started recording um i just want to share this real quick because what that reminded me of was my experience of the second time i did ayahuasca um i was super hesitant before i went uh, i felt pretty actually uh unprepared um, I was prepared in many ways, but in, in the way the, of getting there, driving there, getting mm-hmm. there, all the all the just logistics of the day, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel like 100% the day, yeah. but I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. I'm going to face this fear. Mm-hmm. I get there. I choose a random place to lay down <clears throat> in the uh, Maloka, and the person exactly right next to me who I'd never seen before, never knew before, started talking to me. And he started to say my voice sounded familiar. And he was like, what do you do? And I was like, a lot of things. And I mentioned a handful of things. And I was like, oh, yeah, and I do a podcast. He was like, Zan Archive. And I was literally like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. You know? Not only like was that great, like, wow, I have a listener that's about to do ayahuasca with me. That's that's random. That's awesome. That's epic. But it was that affirmation that like, you were supposed to be here. <laughs> of course. I, I kind of had a similar thing with Yosemite too. It was one of those those moments where like I had all, like it was a brother's trip. I had all these guys lined up who were going to go with me. And then everyone was like, boom, boom, boom. No, 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 no. And I was like, oh my gosh. I booked, I like went and got the reservation for a pretty um, well, or pretty sought after hike in Yosemite backhiking trip. And all of my guy friends said no. I'm like, I'm just going to go do this by myself. And then last minute, my buddy Jordan was like, I'm going with you. Like literally two days before I, I was like, I'm just going to do it and commit to this thing. And then Jordan was there and then, yeah, that happened. So but then Adam wow. and I have stayed in touch. So, which has been really cool because you know, he's, he's working on some really cool projects that I'm hoping to get involved in. But yeah, um, but yeah, he's just a really cool guy. Really great brother, you know? That's so, epic. Um, so when did you start creating tracks as a Krizza? Yeah. You know, like, and, yeah. and was there a, a previous mm-hmm. name? Well, you had mentioned that dubstep name with the three. The, Dementor, the yeah. Dementor. Before that, I didn't really have a name. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I, my acoustic project, I just went by my name. Um, okay. I, I don't, I don't know that I want to 
share that quite yet. I don't want people <laughs> going to listen to it, but sure. you can you can hit me up on Instagram, maybe I'll share it with you. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I I did that did this acoustic project, and it's kind of just like a now it's just a memory for me. But um, but a, then Dementor for a while, and then I went to school, and then I moved in with this with my buddy Zach, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and him and I started. Uh, making music together he's a guitar player and i play keys and we ended up starting this project called wild kingdom and so wild kingdom was this um you know i was super in fkj and like just got an akaya pc and was using ableton live and so we started writing tracks that we could loop and just jam over so he'd play guitar i played keys and that was when i started getting some of my first shows like i i started getting in the portland scene and met a couple couple um of like homies there like uh joe takimba he runs um he, he does a lot of like the silent discos and like radio oh, cool. in portland and um i think he's he's now in california now but he was kind of a big part of the community in portland and then my buddy dar was doing uh living prism so he was running these big uh shows and i went to my first living prism show i was like i want to write music that goes here mm-hmm. like this is the vibe i'm going for that someone wanted to book me for these shows. So I basically just started volunteering at the, you know, for, for living prism and, um, started the wild kingdom show or started wild kingdom. And then, um, actually played, played on one of Joe's sets at a living prism show. Um, and that was then, then I, then Dar had booked us for, um, for wild kingdom. And so, um, got to play some, got to play a solo show at the crystal ballroom. That was super fun as nice. wild kingdom. And, um, you know, it's just, just like a dream of mine growing up in Portland. Cause the crystal ballroom, it's like McMinimins. I don't know if you've, have you ever been to a McMinimins? I have not. No. If you ever get a chance in Oregon and Washington, there are these old buildings, um, historic buildings that have been converted into like breweries and mm. venues like Edgefield and crystal ballroom. And, um, Kennedy school is another really the Kennedy school is awesome. They got soaking <laughs> pools and it's like this school that, you know, all these rooms and stuff have been turned into like restaurants and breweries and stages. And it's just like super fun. But, um, anyway, so I played, so I did wild kingdom. And then at some point I was like, man, I, I gotta leave Portland. Like I'm just, I'm just stuck here. It's not mm-hmm. working out for me. And I ended up going actually the biggest turning point, two of the biggest turning points in my life were my first world naked bike ride, which I don't know <laughs> if you're familiar, but Portland does like 10,000 people shuts down the streets and people ride through the streets as a protest to, to oil and pollution to go oh, drive wow. bike naked through the streets. So my first yeah. world naked bike ride, I, um, I was actually supposed to go with this chick and she bailed on me and then broke <laughs> oh, up with me. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> and kind of broke my heart. But so I could have been another one of those moments where I could have been like, I'm not doing this. Like, screw mm-hmm. you, universe. But instead, I was like, no, I'm doing this. So I, mm-hmm. so I got on my bike and I biked out by myself. And this was like before I'd ever been naked in front of anybody. And that first moment is kind of like, you yeah. know, like that shame or that, you know, it's like, ah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Right. Like, what if I see someone I know? Um, right. But I ended up actually, this girl from the climbing gym was like, yo, we're actually, we're having a block party over here. And I was like, sick i got friends here so we i went to this block party in the corner and all of a sudden had tons of friends at this thing and um ended up going on the ride and lost everybody just kind of what happens when you're in a crowd of ten thousand people and ended up at the very end of the ride running into a couple friends that were at that party and they're like we're gonna go across the the river and go jump in the river 
Um, and so we, we biked across the river and, you know, this girl I was with had locked our bikes together. She's like, no, I got the key. I got the key. Locks them together. She's like, I don't have the key. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and so we were like, we were stuck there for a little while while her roommate got her spare. But in that moment I had told the homies that I had just met, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Oregon solar eclipse festival, mm. which was, uh, like 70,000, basically like a renegade, big renegade festival in the middle of Eastern Oregon, Central Oregon that, you know, when the eclipse came through, it was like symbiosis and all these people that came together and anybody who was anybody played at that festival. Like mm -hmm. it was just, oh my gosh, that I told them like, yeah, I'm going to go. Even though I had, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to go, but I'm going to go. And they're like, mm -hmm. we have a whole group of people who are going and you should come with us. And so I ended up making friends with their group and we did this 20 car caravan to Oregon eclipse and like somehow all stayed together. And then, nice. um, it took us like 24 hours basically from leaving Portland to setting up camp mm -hmm. without sleep, <laughs> like Damn. 24 hours straight to like get into that festival. But that week, just like <laughs> that totally changed my life. I was like, Oh my gosh. And so after that, I went, I got my, I got a ticket to envision. So that literally the envision Damn. after, after, Eclipse, because I kind of had this theory. I was like, I'm not going to go to festivals until I'm playing festivals. And the first mm. festival I went to was Oregon Solar Eclipse. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got Why have I not been going to festivals? Sure, sure. <laughs> like, you know, saw all of my favorite artists, and um, and then I went to Envision, and at Envision, that was one of the second moments I was like, I'm writing music for Envision. Yeah. You yeah. know, this is the vibe. It's yep. like jungle, earthy, organic, like. You know, with some 100%. like spiritualism, like that kind of whole, like that vibe is, was so, um, close to my heart. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, that's when I started getting into like Trevor Hall and Xavier Rudd and, um, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, different, different electronic, gone, gone beyond like different electronic artists to, um, right. I forget who else was there as an electronic, guy, but just, you know, I started getting into, you know, more deeper into the the scene that i wanted to be a part of and so right, right um after that i had actually i moved out of portland finally i, I broke up the band i felt really bad it was so, it's so hard breaking up a band broke up the band and then i moved out to california and i moved um to to um a place in sierra nevada's up by tahoe um, nevada city and mm -hmm. um just wanted like in the woods you know i just basically moved out in the woods and um it's like, it's like nothing out here. Like we have, <laughs> I've got to go to Sacramento for like a good dinner, you know? Um, <laughs> but some good nature and like great community and good vibes. And, um, and, uh, I moved out here and immediately after moving out here, I moved out here January of 2020. Mm -hmm. And so in February, the girl I was with broke up with me. And then I, uh, then COVID basically shut down everything everywhere. And Damn. I'm alone to basically have no friends. Like I was, I had this plan of like meeting people and like, you know, getting involved in community and whatever. And just pfft, like none of that happened. So, um, I ended up realizing that it was actually something I'd been praying for, for a long time. Because mm -hmm. going to school and working and playing in a band and being in a big city, you just like get really busy, you know, sure. like things just start to happen. And it, and you, I, I started stacking up all these commitments and like, you right. know, extracurricular things or like, 
you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. I eventually just cut, chopped all those things off one by one. And I've been praying for this moment of like, man, I just wish I could be in the woods alone to just write. Yeah. And then here I am, like COVID basically happened. And right. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a moment I've been waiting for my entire life. Yeah. You know, fortunately I, you know, all the work I do is remote. So I was able to just basically be in the middle of nowhere out in the woods without anybody. And I started my project. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure out what my sound is. I'm going to figure out, like, I'm going to write music that I'm proud to release and I'm going to start an identity. And so, um, I've always been into, um, like word plays, like spoonerisms where you flip the, the first words of two words together, like, um, spark plug park slug it's pretty kind of, it's kind of <laughs> a funny one like there's a but you know or i'm really right. into like like just play on words and so a krizza is actually an anagram for zachary so if you take oh, wow. the z and flip it at the end um acris oh, acrise in like pig latin gotcha. kind of ish yeah a krizza so if you take a-k-r-i-z-a and reflip the words z-a-k-a-r-i zachary mm-hmm. akriza um so That's it's an awesome. anagram for my name. And so that had kind of like been something that had been, you know, sticking with me for a while. I was like, Acrize, mm-hmm. like Acrize. I was like, oh, Acrize just yeah. looks cool and sounds cool. And it so does. I just, I just went with that. Cause it's like, you know, it can be hard to like come up with a name and especially a name that's like, you know, if you Google Acrize, it's like, Google doesn't really know what that is other than me, you know? Right. <laughs> Cause exactly. it's like, it's similar to like closey in that closey, sense that yeah. it's a short word. Yeah. It's got the Z, you know, like I, I like it. It's it's always ring as like a, an easy artist name to remember as well. Because like sometimes you hear those names and you're like, wait, what was it again? You know? It's, yeah. But Akriza uh, has always stuck with me. And that, that's really yeah. cool. I had no idea like where that had come from. And it's interesting, uh, the point too, that how sometimes at first we can think um, it's easy to sometimes take those like mentalities of... Um, wow, like this sucks, but actually this is what I've been asking for. Yeah. You don't, it takes you a second to, to yeah. realize that because things have quieted down enough in a sense for you to actually begin to do this this grand work that you've been yeah. wanting, to, wanting to do because there's this kind of drive towards, um, yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, the lifestyle and the momentum yeah. and, and it, it all feels good. It feels like, yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy. This is good. This is good. But at a point you're like, man, I actually just, I need some time space, and then yeah. yeah, some space. And it's interesting how, of course it was a terrible time for a lot of people, but the quarantine for, for many others uh, was a time that they really had been needing yeah. um, a time to kind of step away and, and check in with themselves and where yeah. they're at and finally have some, some you know space from all the social yeah and and more just diving into that personal and that personal goals and personal artistic projects and and all that and um yeah yeah that's interesting yeah. that def- uh, it's so new you know because where yeah. with where your sound is and, and and i guess you have been a musician for um almost your whole life yeah. um but it does feel, you know, like it has a like a, a tone, like a, a sense of mature tone mm-hmm. or a sense of like it's found itself. It doesn't feel yeah. like it's um, still in its like novice stage, you know, yeah. like cause you can listen back to some producers and you hear their early stuff and it's like, oh, wow, I can really tell how far you've come. Yeah. Um, right. But with your stuff, you know, from from the beginning of the releases that I've heard, it all feels very um, together, you know, Thank you. so. 
That's really cool, yeah. man. That's really it's like, cool. I've been working to this moment for a long time. You know, that's what I keep saying and I keep, mm-hmm. you know, telling myself and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And, um, you know, yeah, I take a lot of, I, I like have a lot of empathy for people who had it really rough during quarantine mm-hmm. like there's a lot of people who really struggled and i really yeah. have a lot of empathy for that um and i it was one of the best years of my life <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know not gonna lie like it just it was everything i'd ever wanted and i took full advantage of the time and the space and the like right. the like was it was in a place that wasn't too crazy you know it was yeah. it was perfect it was just yeah. like the this i had this when, you know that's one thing that i've really listened to are these intuitive hits in my life and anytime i get an intuitive hit where i'm just like it's like i feel it in my gut like 100 right. i know exactly the direction that i'm supposed to go in my gut mm-hmm. i act on it and that was one of those moments like i need to get out of portland now and i yeah. left and then that happened and it was like wow i'm really glad mm-hmm. i did that because like a lot of cities went kind of pretty, pretty south, yeah. you know, and I had this, this time, this space in nature to just really re- rest and rejuvenate and like mm-hmm. really focus on what it was that I wanted to be focusing on. And, yeah. and so, um, yeah, man, yeah. it was, I, I wanted beautiful. to comment too on, on a really cool aspect that I relate with in my path of discovering th- this type of music. I mean, even in Krizza, you know, like the, the reason I felt, resonating and and drawn towards wanting to work with you on the on the release and the mix and that type of thing has been um because for me i grew up in a band as well Hmm. and you know it it was really an amazing uh chapter and period of my life for sure but at a point you kind of um tune into the the crowd that you're serving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the crowd that we were serving as a band was kind of just a lot of alcohol and fighting and smoking cigarettes and not a lot of this kind of like higher elevated energy that Mm. you know like an envision would have not that i've been there but i i I know about it and i've been to other transformational festivals of course um but it was like after i started dipping my toes into those communities is where I started to realize where my music taste was evolving to. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how we can like find the people and find the, the soul fam. Mm -hmm. And that can kind of give us an affirmation as to where we're supposed to be and the type of frequencies that we, uh, can try to embody with whatever art form, you know, and that's one reason why my podcast is for those people, right? Yeah. Because that's me, you know, like I resonate Mm -hmm. with those, with that crowd. And so, when I was able to find out that that's a real crowd and that's a real audience, um, I was like so much more affirmed in that I want to do this because at yeah. the beginning of, I've had several podcasts in the past, um, which were all laid to rest, all kind of deleted mm-hmm. because there was not that crowd yet of people who understood what I was talking about or understood where I was coming from with my experiences with psychedelics mm-hmm. and spirituality. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of felt like, dang, I'm really just a, like a, a lone wolf kind of crazy guy yeah. <laughs> and no one's really getting what I'm saying. But as I learned more about like these transformational festival cultures, uh, medicine cultures, dance, uh, all of the, you know, just like um, the, the, the new movement of, of music, mm-hmm. electronic music, you know, stuff like Closey has helped carve the way yeah. for. Um, I was like feeling so at home and so affirmed 
in my path and and my type of expression, which is this is certainly one of those forms. So I just thought that was a cool point to highlight that you had shared. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like I would encourage anybody to who wants to make music or get into it to definitely find like like the vision is really mm-hmm. important and the why and and like I'm obviously I want to serve all people, you know, and with my music it's I wanted to be for everybody and there's definitely you know a crowd that I really resonate with like mm-hmm. like ecstatic dance you know that's that's right. I'm actually playing an ecstatic dance tonight and it's something that like I'm so happy to offer to my community you right. know and offer to people and to be able to do and show up for and um because it's like ecstatic dance is it's so beautiful because it's like it's like a two-hour journey mm-hmm. that's supposed to take you through the five rhythms um which are which can also equate to there are like five different rhythms of music, but they can also equate to the five stages of life's journey mm-hmm. from like birth to death and like sure. growing up and then old age. And so each section of the dance is supposed to represent a different section of life's journey. Yeah. And to me, crafting that experience is like, it's so fun so to fun. do. It's so <laughs> crafting that to, to like, you really get people into a place where they just can't stop dancing, you know, and then build it up and wind it down. And that to me is just like, you know, I have these visions of, uh, you know, some point in, in my hopefully later career doing like big stag dances, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like no shoes, no alcohol, you know, Mm -hmm. so mostly like sober event Mm -hmm. with like a curated journey from start to finish. Like, I think that would be like taking e-dance to more of like a, like a mainstream like that would be so cool but i love that um i don't know yeah, if i ever shared this with you that i've done ecstatic dances as well um, ah, no, dj them so yeah. ton of fun ton so of fun, fun. If, yeah. you, if you haven't been doing ecstatic dance you're missing out like go to yeah. find there's an ecstatic dance in every freaking city so go find the e-dance in your city and go mm-hmm. get weird like <laughs> the whole it's point so is just it. nobody's gonna judge you and if you right feel weird about dancing around people it's a really good way like especially in e-dance communities there's a lot of people who will dance with you too and Mm -hmm. like it's really as simple as like making eye contact with someone and catching a vibe and like you know kind of making a nonverbal ask and then having a little dance and then like thank you closing and it's like it's really sweet and really special and that's like i've learned to dance through ecstatic dance and and my ecstatic dance community and um that has really evolved my music too because i write music for dancing like if i'm not moving it's not like i gotta move in some way it's either my body my spirit my emotions like if it's not if i'm not moving and there's no movement it's not right i'm not it's it's going to the trash (laughs) or like right you know yeah that's beautiful um yeah ecstatic dance is um relatively actually new to me although i know it's been around since at least the 70s and it's been around for you know thousands of years just dancing uh, ecstatically in general right yes. yeah it's it's a tribal kind of like reconnective <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh ceremony and it's been around but as far as i guess you know what we know is e-dance and this type of thing i remember for me it was probably about i'm gonna say three years ago when i heard about it for the first time and it was uh, i was in a medicine journey with a couple of friends and we were just looking for something to put on YouTube, like something to jam. And mm. we found Moe's at, uh, I think it's like Lake Atal- yeah. Atalian. Atilan. Atilan. Yeah, yeah. And we found that. And uh, we noticed how all the people were moving. 
Yeah. And that was our introduction to ecstatic dance. We were just like, wow, what is this? What is this? First of all, this is probably the first time I'm hearing Moe's. Yeah. Uh, this first time I'm seeing people dance in such a fluid yeah. form, you know, like it, it just felt so communal and tribal yeah. and beautiful and friendly and loving and mm-hmm. free and expressive. And I was just like, whatever this is, I want to learn more. Yeah, and uh, I started doing research, going down the rabbit hole. I'm very good at that. <laughs> and, I, and I discovered ecstatic dance. And then I, I took a workshop in Austin. And before a few months uh, later, you know, we were doing ecstatic dance in Austin. And, and I got to translate my experience DJing as a solo producer, um, which had come a little bit after my band stuff. But it was a little more in the uh, industrial beat kind of mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to produce some more music that was more friendly with ecstatic dance and as well dig deep into the artists that that curate or not curate but actually create um these these songs and i got to curate them into the sets and i just had such a blast and we've probably done 50 ecstatic dances um by now and it is just it's so amazing amazing. how you feel afterwards you know like not only as the the DJ, but like seeing the community come together, it's, yeah. it's just such a beautiful experience. It's so cool. I think that's definitely also another, speaking of just like um, places I write music for, you know, it's like, yep. Ecstatic dance is definitely one of those places. And it's cool because mm. I now I go to Ecstatic dance and I hear people playing my music. I'm like, ah, yes. sick, this is my track. <laughs> Coming full circle, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So it's super fun. Like, love that you know, um like, i did want to no, shift a little bit into this whole spiritual angle if you mm-hmm. don't mind yeah let's psych- go and psychedelics and stuff mm-hmm. um you know i really get a sense of this elevated frequency with your music um i think that was one reason i really resonated when you, when we initially came into contact yeah was i could just feel that that you know what's up right you know it's <laughs> sometimes you could tell uh this doesn't this is not hitting in that those higher frequencies um Mm -hmm. and that's cool you know whether an artist you know owns the fact that they maybe use psychedelics or not you know it's up to that artist whether or not they want to talk about that but sometimes you can just tell it's like hey there's like a shamanic frequency going on in here and i don't know i've really felt that with you and, and i was curious like what is your story if any, you know, with psychedelics yeah. and spirituality and, and these states that we can get into when we use yeah. these medicines. I I mean, I grew up in a, a pretty, like, um, what's, the, what's the right word? Like, guarded atmosphere. Mm. Like, I was pretty, like, like, just, yeah, like, it was, I, I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. I feel like I have a really pure spirit, you know, and, like, Mm-hmm. you know had a great upbringing and great parents and but i knew there was more to life than than kind of what what i was given growing up yeah. um and it wasn't until high school that i actually smoked ganja for the first time mm-hmm. and i remember that experience i was like oh my gosh like what <laughs> is this this is there's uh, what this is possible <laughs> it was so psychedelic for me i actually it was the first time i had read fight club was the first time i smoked oh, wow. and i thought i i was getting I, like you know tyler durden is kind of taking over the main character yeah and i thought um 
or, or I think it's, it's, it's Tyler is taking over the main character or the main character is taking over Tyler. I don't, one of the yeah. two, but, but I just remember Tyler Durden. Like he, he was yeah. the like. The alter persona. Yeah. Yeah. Alter, yeah, exactly. And so, um, I thought I was getting, that was happening to me. I was like, Oh no, this is what happened to Tyler. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I was just, you know, like it was so psychedelic for me. Right. Um, you know, and then actually my brother, uh, gave me shrooms for the first time like in high school mm-hmm. too and i remember the first time i did that was at a um i went to a decemberist mm-hmm. andrew bird and blind pilot show decemberist headlining than andrew bird and up at edgefield so I, I talked about that earlier it's a mcminimins venue like amazing outdoor venue um and i had actually gone with some like church buddies but mm-hmm. i snuck in <laughs> i snuck in uh like an eighth of mushrooms nice and that was my first experience um i didn't really know how much to take i just did them by myself and i'm i'm honestly like i i must i hit the dose perfectly for my first time mm-hmm. and i just remember having the time of my life andrew bird has since become actually probably one of my all-time favorite musicians and writers nice. um just like what he does with the violin and, and his like lyricism and um, mm-hmm. it just really, it resonates with me in a really, really strong way. Um, um, not yeah. the jam him. I haven't heard him yet, but oh I love violin. Gosh. Yeah. Um, like he does like, um, I would, uh, the mysterious production of eggs was the first Andrew bird album that I heard. It's a little bit weirder, but it's what got me into Andrew bird. And then I would say also okay, check out. Yeah, mysterious production of eggs, and then check out. Oh my gosh, he's got so much music he's released. It's like he, it's so quilted, hard to like to dig through. Are you, um, oh, are you serious? Where? Oh my gosh, I'm still going through to find my favorite. Uh, Pulaski at Night is a really awesome album. Um, Break it yourself has some of my favorite songs on it. Um, Dance Caribe, Caribe. I don't know actually how to say. Um, that's one of my favorite songs of. So, his. were you introduced to him on Shrooms, or how did this happen? Yeah, well, that was the first. So, the first show I went to on Shrooms was got was it, Andrew Bird. It. Yeah, wow. Orfeo looks back. That's the other really good one. So, check all those out. But amazing. Anyway, so the first time I did was at that show, and I just remember like. I thought he was on mushrooms too. I was like, there's no way this guy is on <laughs> mushrooms right now. Like literally no way. I was trying I to tell my friends, that. I'm like, he's on mushrooms. And they're like, what? How do you know? I'm like, I just know. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so that was one of the, like the, like an amazing experience for me. And, and then, you know, I dabbled like with that kind of growing up a bit. And um, oh. I think that was definitely my first, like, you know, after that experience, I, I, cause I grew up, it was like Christian. So I was definitely like, yeah, I, I like same. played in church band and stuff and like mm-hmm. was, was very on that path. And, um, and then when I started doing psychedelics, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I don't know if I can believe this anymore. So I actually became full atheist. I was like, there's no God. Cause I was going to school for science, you know, and science, mm-hmm. science is, you know, based on that we evolved out of, space time right like Mm -hmm. everything that is happening has come from 
you know, space-time's fundamental to reality and we come out of space-time and and under that logic when you die you die and you cease to exist and that's it, period. Like right. there's really no that's it. And so going to school and learning that I was like, "Oh yeah, well, this makes a lot of sense. Like it's science, like mm-hmm. you know, that's it." You know, but then growing up now, like podcasts and like living in the age of information, like there's so much out there and I've um you know, done a lot of my own research and come to a lot of my own, you know, I basically, I, I, I said, when I became an atheist, I had one last talk to God. I was like, God, if you exist, mm-hmm. show me like, but until you show me, that's it. Like, I'm just going to live my life and mm-hmm. live from the reality that everything, which is a beautiful way to live is that, you know, every moment is so extremely precious because it's an anomaly that it's even happening. And when it's over, it's over. That mm-hmm. was kind of how I lived my life for a long time, which is, it's, it's kind of a beautiful way to live, but it's really terrifying mm-hmm. of like, cause then it's like, well, actually really nothing matters. And like, mm-hmm. Literally there's sure. no point in life. And so I've always liked to find more meaning in life than that. And, right. you know, I, I, I getting into like, um, like travel mm-hmm. and going into different like um you know like Mayan and different like um you know like when I went to Costa Rica and like just yeah. different places I've, I've I've visited I've you know experiencing that side of of divinity and spiritual yeah. spirituality the ancient was, history of spirituality yeah, like really opened me up a lot and um right they were so you know, inspired by something, right? To create these yeah. massive structures. It's not just science, as you're exp- yeah. as you're saying. There's like there's some level of devotion, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, have you listened to some of the Graham Hancock stuff? Of course, obviously. I love Graham. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that I've been just diving into that recently. That like, kind of blows my mind. But um, yeah. did you see his new show on Netflix? By the way, I haven't dove into that yet. Oh no, my god, it's so gonna, good. Yeah, I'm gonna check that. It out is so sure. good. You'll, you'll love it. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, so like getting into like all like like spirituality and like um like from that means like I basically I was like wow okay there's more you know I think the first thing that was I was actually at Envision at a workshop at Envision mm-hmm. and this um the the teacher was talking about um I think it's like um somewhere in the Middle East I don't know what religion in particular but where like maybe like indian or something or like mm-hmm. or i don't i don't know no like Hindu, hinduism Hindu maybe. or like yeah from like india Sikhism, or, or something, like, something that. like that where um they basically have there's three um pieces of god one is the guru that lives in everything like the mm-hmm. the teacher the wisdom the guru and then there's your personal mm-hmm. vision of god like however you see God for yourself. Like that is uniquely your own. And there's no, like everybody has something a little different, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And then there is, um, yeah, the guru that lives inside of you and everything. There's your own personification of God. And then there is, or maybe it's the guru in you, the God that lives in everything. And then, and then your own personification. There's, there's, there's three pieces though, of like what 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 god is and i i really resonated with that i was like wow i was like yeah there's definitely like the wisdom the ancient wisdom that lives inside of me and then and then i can have my own you know i can have my own view of what god is so god to me became just like love for a while yeah it was like love is like that's you know that's kind of where but 
um i've slowly gotten into like um like journey of souls um yeah you were telling me about that book which is a guy who he was an atheist and then he got into hypnotherapy and started to find out that when he was putting people into past life regressions, he was able to find the point that they died in their past life. And then he documented their journey from death, what happens after death. Mm-hmm. And like, that was a really cool book. Um, right. For me, it like was like, wow, actually like this, it just makes a lot of sense, you know, to me and like really felt good in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that we like come come to this world to um learn different lessons and like we right. have we we continue to evolve and continue to to grow on our spiritual journey and just recently um uh savage donnie threw me onto the law of one which is a really mm-hmm. really cool you know just like they basically channeled um uh social memory complex that right said they were raw you know and Mm -hmm. basically they allowed these people to ask questions of them um and the way that they answer it's so like it's so profoundly intelligent that i don't think someone could just like come up with this stuff on the spot you know it's right i mean maybe i I don't know but but i think it's really it's just like profoundly profoundly worded and and it makes a lot of sense these like you know how everything's lined up in Mm -hmm. in from that perspective of like, you know, right. Like what it's we synchronistic in a way that you're mentioning donning the law of one, because when I came into the studio, um, for this podcast, um, my own podcast was playing in the background and it was exactly the part. And I've got, you know, 50 episodes now, and I don't know how it got to me and Donnie's podcast. I have no idea, but it was the exact portion where he was talking about law of one. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, got to, you know, I remember this part. Got to turn it off because me and Chris are about to pod. And here yeah. we are talking about here it. So that's, just, that's funny because he yeah. actually introduced me as well. Um, and it's it's interesting because a lot of times what what's hitting home for me with certain um, spiritual ideas or systems like the law of one is that it's resonating on a soul level with some type of experience that I've had in the past myself, oftentimes with psychedelics where I would have an epiphany or something along those lines. I would have an understanding Mm -hmm. that I didn't really know how to put into words, but I knew how profound it was. I knew that it was like such a deep transmission that like, if I could only tell everyone this, the whole world would change, but like, I don't know <laughs> right. how to say it. I don't, right. like, it's impossible to, to talk about. Yeah. And then I would hear in some of these, you know, things like, you know, the law of one and the Tao Te Ching and right, uh, ancient yeah. Tibetan Buddhism mm-hmm. um, and these types of things that, oh, wow, like they know how to say it, you know, and, and that's just interesting to me. So So yeah. for you, have you had like some types of, maybe downloads from these states of consciousness that have impacted you? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Of course. It's hard to like, it's hard Hard to to not, (laughs) it's hard to not. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like of course the, you know, the first one that kind of changed it all for me was, um, was when I was like, wow, okay. I'm like, I'm going to find my own path in, you know, what, like my own, belief system is and my own values and my own mm-hmm. you know and so that's 
I feel like I've, you know, growing up as like a, like an American on the West coast, Mm -hmm. like nothing's ancient over here except for like the redwoods, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like that's like the oldest thing we have. You know, the first time I went to Europe, I was like, Oh, that's old. Like, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, or the first, you know, first time I started traveling, I'm like, Oh wow. Like to call like that's old, you know? Um, but like, you know, my culture is like turkey and mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving on like a <laughs> holiday that's founded on like a lot of bloodshed, you know, like, yep. like, which is like, you know, part of me is so like, it's like, oh, I wish, I wish like there was more to like, you know, like I had deeper rooted practices that mm-hmm. came from like my, you know, my ancestors you know that but i i just don't i just don't have that but i you know i i fortunately live in with a lot of privilege and a lot of like you know i i I love my life and what i've been able to build and create for myself and what i've been able to do in this life and Mm -hmm. um but i always wish that i had a bit more like we've lost a lot of these like right like we've we've you know, cleared all the, like so many civilizations off the planet with so much knowledge, you know, and wisdom. It's interesting that the plants maybe have retained that knowledge and are giving it back to us. Fair, true. You know? Yeah, super true. But yeah. That's how I feel when I get these downloads. Yeah. And the the reason that I'm into these kind of seemingly more ancient um, ways of, of life, of doing yoga mm-hmm. every day of ecstatic dance mm-hmm. of making meditation yeah. like a pillar in my life yeah. of really valuing community mm-hmm. and communication over just material success. You know, like that these are ways of bringing back um, where we came from, yeah. you know, and then there's going to be a point where, and I think we're already kind of reaching that point where yeah. we've come so far from where we came from that things aren't going to make sense. And, we're just going to keep bumping into a brick wall. And that's a little bit where yeah. I think society might be right now, which is right. why we're having so many right. political issues and wars and this and that. Yeah, and the other thing course. It's like, we just need to kind of swing the pendulum back the other way yeah. and, and remember what we are and that we're tribal creatures and that we thrive in community and yeah. having a purpose and a role and being yeah. able to serve um, <clears throat> our larger, you know, group and, and family yeah. and, with, with our particular talents. And I think that's what a lot of these transformational festivals are empowering yeah. us to leave with, which I Absolutely. love about them. And it, it, and it gets us to do things like how you're creating music, you know? And Absolutely. Um, that's why I'm so fascinated talking to people like you and um, writers and philosophers and spiritual practitioners and other yogis yeah. and just people that are kind of carving their own way. And you said that earlier about how psychedelics kind of let you see that you know, you didn't have to follow the well-worn path and you're yeah, just going to kind of identify your own, your own trajectory and move forward with that. And that's absolutely one big thing for me that I've taken away from those experiences as well. For Same. Sure. Yeah. They've definitely opened me up a lot to, um, yeah, which is where I am today and my belief systems and my values. And, um, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. 1,000%. And, um, yeah. It is, it is amazing to be a part of such a beautiful, um, evolving and emerging 
community of people who are, yeah, into meditation and yoga and spiritual practices mm-hmm. and up leveling and bettering themselves. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, um, like one of the reasons I, I started making music was just to like, to live my highest purpose and live in my highest joy and right. shine light in a way that inspires other people to do the same, you know? Yeah. Like you're doing it, man. You're doing it. I love it. Encoding, encoding the music with, uh, with its own prayers and its own intelligence to like Mm -hmm. shift, uh, consciousness and to up level DNA. hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. Well, man, that, that sounds like a great place to wrap it. Um, (laughs) Thank yeah. you so much for sharing all of this. Um, I'd love to just ask what's on the horizon. You know, what do you got coming up, whether it be events or releases or yeah, what you got coming I am so excited for 2023, Matt. You want to know why? Yeah, why? <laughs> so I recently became really good friends uh, with Mazatar. He's been playing with Balk and Bump and um, an amazing musician and multi-instrumentalist um, who plays a lot of traditional instruments from uh, like India and Persia, like Persian Ney and um, the Oud and uh, sitar and um, all these really amazing instruments. And, and him and I became really good friends at this uh, little camp out, musician camp out um, mm-hmm. that I can't really talk about because it's so kind of the down low kind of thing. <laughs> um, but we met at this thing and uh, and just like we played this sunset. Um, uh, I played piano, he played sitar. We had some other people playing drums and guitar and played this like sunset um, uh, like song that these the fire spinners were, were performing to. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, sh- after that little performance, this is improv jam. Um, we were just like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Let's get together. So we scheduled some time to get together and we've hung out three times since three weekends mm-hmm. and we've, we finished a nine song album, Wow, which is, you know, combining all of my, um, you know, all of my production and all of my music with all of his, um, yeah. also all of his musical wisdom and, and expertise and a lot of like tradition, like which mm-hmm. is just ah it feels so good to bring tradition and prayer and um like raga and oh, beautiful all of these different elements it's it's Love a journey that. too it's a journey, psychedelic journey from start to finish i'm stoked and so we have we've got an album in the works um amazing and then i'm um actually working on a bunch of bootlegs right now <laughs> those are fun they're so fun i want to start so i'm gonna be dropping a bunch of bootlegs on my soundcloud of all these different artists i just did a big l put it on bootleg and um <laughs> i've got a cardi b bootleg and just Let's like because i love like like hip-hop but also like like hard-hitting bass so. i saw you like jamming out hard to some hip-hop but everyone was like yeah. it seemed like they were throwing money i couldn't really yes. tell but <laughs> that was halloween <laughs> that, that was, was dope halloween. i was like damn what's he spinning i think i it just was got Cardi. those i just got those videos actually on my hard drive so i'm about to post some of those soon uh, that but that, awesome. was, that was my, my my buddy evan was shooting and uh, it was a big party that with hennessy sound and like 
Oh, Hennessy, let's a, go. Oh, such a good, oh, such a good party. I just had, um, I, I'm, I'm 95% sure Astronics, which is a Texas festival, had Hennessy sound this mm-hmm. year. And it sounds amazing. Nice. They sound so good. Um, but there, yeah, Homie in Town has them. Um, but um, yeah, I'm uh, working on that album. I'm working on a bunch of bootlegs. And then I'm probably going to do um, another album too. Like I already have, awesome. I, I write so fast and like i already have a couple songs that are like shaping up in a certain Mm -hmm. vibe so um and then yeah i'm playing um in phoenix uh, in january but i don't really have any i don't really have any um horizon fest but i don't really have any other like big shows planned yet i'm just kind of taking a little break for the holidays and chilling my music and finishing up this album with moz and um amazing i'm stoked for it Super Dude, excited. Um, I literally cannot wait. It's, I'll be on the lookout for that. And if you happen to want to give me an early listen, I'll be more oh, than honored. To, yeah, bud. I'll be I just more gotta, than honored. I got to get the, I got to get the um, permission from Moss to start sending it to a couple people, but we'll eventually no get to that point where we're like kind of sending it out to a couple people and getting some input and um, that I would love thing, to. So you'll be, I love, I love sure. uh, getting the, the early listen. And I'm, I'm yeah. so grateful that I have, a handful of buddies in in this uh, music scape that that get to share with me what they're working on, yeah. and it's all, it's always an honor to get to you know come in the studio and jam some stuff that no one else is hearing. Literally, yeah. like I'm probably one of five people in the world <laughs> right. jamming some of this stuff, so that's cool. And, I love uh, that when I bring someone in, I'm like, you're the first person to ever hear this. They're like, what? Exactly. <laughs> it's a cool experience, both for the listener, the receiver, and as well yeah. the artist. I think to. Because, you know, when I was creating much more music than I do now, I was thrilled to just have one person hearing it, you know, like my best yeah. friend or my girlfriend yeah. or my brother. I would just send it to them. I'd be so stuck. But anyway, amazing. Thank you so much, Zachary, for being Thank here today. You, Matt. I appreciate you, man. And I yeah. look forward to the future. Much love. Much love.